Welcome to Not Like a Regular Mom podcast. My name is Michelle. I am the mom of a four-year-old and a three-month-old. And with that big age gap, I've had a lot of time to learn many different things about motherhood. And I really wanted to create a podcast to talk about it. I know they say there's like that cliche line, like, oh, these are the things they don't tell you before you become a parent. But it's actually really true. There are so many things that I personally have gone through that I felt like I couldn't talk to other mom friends about, or I felt like I couldn't even talk to my family or my doctor about things. So I don't know. I wanted to kind of put it all in one place and hopefully get some guests on to experts in their fields to talk about the things that I have questions about that I know my mom friends have questions about and we can have a more open conversation about the things that we're all going through and maybe we feel a little funny to talk about with each other. Um, Of course, the name of the podcast, if you're a millennial mom like me, you're familiar with the movie Mean Girls where the mom says, I'm not like a regular mom, I'm a cool mom. And I don't necessarily identify with that last part, but I think on some level, we all kind of feel like we're not like a regular mom. Other moms have, I don't know, different strengths that we might not have, or maybe they're going through things that we can't relate to. Whether you see it in a positive or negative way, I don't really know anybody who really fully feels like every other mom. Um, So hopefully just making light of the things that we're going through a little bit. Um, Yeah, so I really hope you enjoy this podcast, and if you have any feedback or any topics that you'd like me to cover, please email me at notlikearegularmompodcast at gmail.com or also find me on Instagram. I hope to post some fun polls and memes and things (laughs) that maybe we can laugh at ourselves about. And I really would love to just start some conversations there and on the podcast. So I hope it is helpful and entertaining and everything in between. Without further ado, here is our first episode and I really hope you like it. Okay, I wanted to welcome our very first guest, Tammy. She is a good friend of mine. We met kind of in a really funny way. Tammy, I don't know if you remember. (laughs) Yes. I actually just saw one of the pictures the other day from the first time we met. Oh my God. She, a friend of mine from high school went to college with Tammy and brought her to Rutgers where I went to college. And we had a very fun night when we were what, 19, 20? I think we were like 20 and I had like no eyebrows. (laughs) Oh no. I just got eyebrows like three years ago. So it's So, but now we're both moms and she has been, first of all, she's like the greatest person. She's so wonderful at her core. And I'm so excited to talk about this topic today because she is like the expert in my world of um, car seats, which is what we're going to talk about today is car seat safety. And she just knows everything. Any question you have, I've, I've come to her with like the most ridiculous questions. And she's so calm and doesn't judge me for the stupid things that I ask. <laughs> and she's so great at explaining things. So I'm so excited to have her here today to answer like 20 of my questions. So welcome, Tammy. Thank you. Thanks for all that nice stuff you said about me. Oh my God, of course. <laughs> so what makes you not like a regular mom in your opinion? Oh my gosh. This was like, I had to really think about this. Um, I really feel like I am kind of like a regular mom. Like I used to think I was not like a regular mom, but then I joined TikTok. 
And like my entire TikTok feed are moms that are having experiences that I thought were my only, like only my experiences and that nobody else was having them. Like good or bad? So like both, like (laughs) things that you're like, wow, I thought I was so alone in this. And really like so many other moms are experiencing all these things. So really when I, when I think of myself as a mom, I really used to think that I was like, you know, the mom sitting up all night Googling everything and making oh, sure yeah. I had, you know, I was following all the best practices for like literally everything related to parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just, I just learned from TikTok that that's just like, we're all in some ways, we're all kind of very similar. I like but that. I will, I, like I that. will say, thank you. <laughs> I will say um, the only difference with me being a certified CPSD is that I sometimes cannot get away with being the cool mom, like at play dates and stuff, <laughs> yes. because I'm never going to be the mom that's like, yeah, she can go without a booster this time. Or, oh my God. I never no thought about that. She can forward face. Like I'm never the cool mom. And that's kind of like probably my biggest hurdle. Oh um, my God. I never actually thought about life. that. Like you probably yeah. can't um, carpool too much anymore. We are the drivers in the car. Yeah. Like we literally just bought a third row vehicle and we have two children. We don't oh need a third god. row. But oh my like god. Oh my god. We're the people with who are like, we'll drive, we'll do it. That's so you know? great. But it's so. I feel like when we were younger, I mean, this is kind of how this conversation goes with everyone's parents. For every millennial that has a child, <laughs> the conversation with your parents is like, wasn't this complicated when you were younger? You were in the back yeah. seat, sometimes in the front seat at this age. And it's like, yeah, we've learned a lot yeah. since the I 80s. Mean, there's pictures of me just like chilling in the back seat of my parents' oh my God. sedan, like two years old, just Same. sitting oh. with like a seatbelt over my lap. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Under I'm like, I'm the glad armpit. we survived that day. <laughs> My God. And and then you have the people who are like, oh, it, we were just fine. We all survived. And it's like, oh yeah, gosh, but yes. I feel like, I don't know, there's so many more people on the road these days. I live in New Jersey, which is just like hell to drive oh. in. And uh, I don't know. I think that I, I kind of hate when people say that because it's, uh, it's like my the response, worst place to say that this topic. Oh, for sure. And my response is always, well, the people who aren't fine are not here to tell you. That, that is so true. That is so yeah. true. Okay. So back to your car seat expert title. Tell us mm-hmm. what it is, what it means. Okay. So my official title is I'm a child passenger safety technician. Got it. And I think people hear this. I know I had no idea what it meant. I just always assumed that it meant something good. And now that I am one, <laughs> I understand it obviously a little bit better. Um, so basically, we take a four-day course. Um, it's a, it's over four days. It's eight hours each day. And um, we're provided a curriculum through the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Oh, wow. And I, I might bring them up a few more times. So I'm just yeah. going to be calling them the NHTSA. <laughs> Because it's like a, a mouthful. No, if you thank hear you. me say NHTSA, that's who I'm talking about. Um, and then, but the, we're certified through Safe Kids Worldwide. Um, so we take this course. It's four days long. It's eight hours each day. We have to pass several written exams. Um, and then we also have to install pretty much every type of seat that's on the market. Um, and we have to install it in various different ways. So we'll have to use, you know, the lower anchors, the seatbelt. And then there's some 
some cars, like older cars that have funky seatbelt configurations. Yeah, we have yeah. To, um, we have to use like special locking devices on those types of seatbelts. So they basically make sure we're like well-rounded and that we know what we're doing before we're out of there. You know, um, that makes so much sense because when we use, um, can I say just like a car seat tech for yeah. short? When oh, we yeah. used a car seat tech, thanks to you recommending that we do this, uh, we recently had an issue. I was like, how does she know this about like this car seat specifically? And how does she know yeah. this about this type of car? I was so fascinated, yeah, <laughs> but it I makes mean, sense that you're trained on all of the ones that are on the market. Right. I mean, we don't, we don't deal with every, like we deal with every type of way to possibly install it, but then, oh. you know, we'll also have to do it like rear facing, forward facing, a booster mm-hmm. seat, etc. Um, every two years we have to, um, take continued trainings. I think that's six hours of continued trainings. Um, we have to complete a seat check for each type of available seat on the market. We have to participate in a community education event. And then also we have to pay a fee. So yeah. every two years we're kind of like refreshed on all of the newest, um, you know, all of the newest things that are happening mm-hmm. in the car seat world. Wow. And we're also required to actually have our hands on car seats, making sure that we're still fresh on how to install them and all that good stuff. That makes me so, feel really good. That's yeah. really good to know. Okay. I know. And it was surprising to me even like when I got into the course, I'm like, okay, so I, this is not just a one and done thing. Like I'm constantly having yeah. to make sure I'm up to date on the, on the latest information. So. Yeah. And yeah. I think that as a mom that had no idea what she was doing with this, you just kind of, I, I don't know I, if I, I don't even remember how I knew that there were car seat techs. And I just knew that I kind of lived down the street from a state trooper station that happened to do it. But I don't, I think I would have, I don't know how I would have known any of the things that we're going to talk about today. I don't really think that doctors, my pediatrician didn't say anything to us about car seats. And it's just a very weird time, I think. That weird. Yeah. The laws don't really match up with the safety regulations. It's no. it's scary. Yeah, and honestly, I I would not have known either, except that um, our birthing instructor, right before I had my my oldest daughter, she happened to hand out like a a sheet that had numbers on it that we could call to set up appointments to have our car mm-hmm. seats checked and installed and all that good stuff. Um, and before that, I hadn't even considered it. I just was like, okay, we're going to put this in the car with the seatbelt and right. she'll just ride in here. Right. <laughs> and then when she handed that out, I'm like, okay. So this was like my first inkling that, you know, there was a right way to do this. Right. So um, how did you get into wanting to do this? Like, where does your passion from it come from? Was it that moment you realized like, oh, this is a whole world that I don't um, know about? I'm like, I think I've always been like the weird, like of my, my family has always kind of made fun of me for being like the safety police about everything. <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, like my kids absolutely must wear a helmet, even if oh, they're just like, yes. you know, doing a little ride around the neighborhood on a bike. Yeah, totally. Um, So they've always kind of made fun of me for that. So right away when she handed out that paper, I was like, oh, obviously we're making this appointment. Um, and it happened to be like five minutes away from our house. We set up the appointment. It was a, with Safe Kids PA. Um, and the lady who, it's funny because the lady who um, installed my oldest daughter's car seat, my oldest daughter is eight and a half. Um, she ended up being one of the instructors in my course six, four, four and a half years later when oh, yeah. I um, when I got certified. But 
basically we did this whole thing before my daughter was born. And then I didn't really think about it after that um, until she was almost one and she was starting to outgrow her infancy. Mm. Um, I knew that, you know, there was some other next step. I really wasn't sure what it was. It wasn't something that we had talked about because I hadn't even had my daughter yet when, when we first met with, um, Mm -hmm. with attack. So, um, I started researching, Googling, Facebook, what have you. So I found car seats for the littles, which is a really popular, um, car seat site. They're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they have a website. Um, and then I started reading different articles. They posted and found so much about extended rear facing, um, which basically means rear facing beyond used to mean rear facing beyond age one. Now we talk more about how it's rear facing beyond age two. Um, so obviously right away, me being like Miss Safety, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we're going to rear face. We're going to keep rear facing. Because like when I'm looking for car seats, I had no idea. And I was looking for forward facing car seats. Right. Um, so when I found all this information, I right away, we bought a new car seat. It rear faced. My mom was like, why is she still rear facing? She's one. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so me realizing how difficult it was for me to find the information. I was like, well, I need to start sharing this with everybody I know. So I start sharing it. Um, I, I started following different pages. I would just share things from, from them. Um, and eventually my friends started coming to me with questions about car seats. And I would always be like, well, I'm not like an expert. I don't, I just yeah. share things from other pages. Um, but Eventually, it just became, you know, just such a big part of who I am that I was like, well, I I just need to get get certified. So I was one of two people in my certification class that was there voluntarily. Everyone else was there as a requirement for their job. They were either a um, healthcare worker or a um, police officer. Wow. I never knew that. That was like a required. me Me and this one other girl kind of like bonded over the fact that we just want it to be there. That's awesome. <laughs> and every, everyone else was like, oh, I have to put in these yeah. eight-hour days yeah. getting certified. So it wasn't like a right-away thing. We did meet with the tech when my, before my daughter was born, but it really wasn't until she started outgrowing her infancy that, that we were like, well, that I was like, you know, this is so crazy that I don't know more about this, that, you know, there's so many things we have to watch and, and pass when we're in the hospital before we leave and sign mm-hmm. and, and none of it is related to car seat safety yet. Yeah, that's the first thing we do with our kid when we're leaving the hospital is put them in a car. Yeah. So um, it, I just wanted to be a person who shared that because I was someone at one point who had no idea um, about any of it. So I just wanted to make sure that not only I was helping people and informing people, but that I was certified to, to do so. <laughs> I love that. I think that's really cool. I remember, I remember you posting like years ago before I even had my first son. And I, I, that's probably where I ever, that was probably the first time I ever heard about half the things that we're going to talk about today, because it just wasn't talked about in my circle before I was a mom. I didn't that's know crazy. much when I became a mom. I remember when my, my first son was born, um, 
I, we took him, you know, we were taking him out of the hospital and we put him in the car seat. We're like, oh my God, he looks so tiny. None of this looks right. He's just in like a little ball. (laughs) this, This can't be right. And we asked the nurses before we left, like we brought the car seat over. We're like, is this right? And they're like, oh, we can't even tell you. Like we're, I don't know if they're like not allowed. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they should all be certified because they're all helping you buckle your kid in before you leave the hospital. Totally. I, yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And I know there's like liabilities wrapped up in that, but just have somebody on each shift certified, you know, and they can buy insurance. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is what a lot of people do. A lot of techs um, will will get insurance. Oh, that's actually really smart. Yeah. Um, Okay. So my next question for you is when did car seats get this crazy? And like by crazy, I don't mean it in a bad way. Just when did everything um, become, I don't know if you know this, but when did everything become different from when we were younger, just kind of hanging out in the backseat with a (laughs) seatbelt under our armpit? (laughs) Um, you know, I, I really feel like there was like, I want to call it like a grassroots movement, mm-hmm. like in the nineties of people who knew what was safer, but there were no laws requiring any of it yet. Wow. It really, and maybe this is just because I became a mom. So I just started seeing more of these things, but it True. really mm-hmm. feels like I'm going to say probably like 10 years ago is mm-hmm. when, cause my, I mean, my daughter will be nine in February. So I feel like it was probably like 10 years ago when it started becoming more, I don't know if like mainstream is the right word, (laughs) but where we're seeing and hearing more about it than we ever have before. Yeah. And there's so many different types of car seats, I think more than ever before with all different features. And honestly, I I really think it's becoming a little confusing with how much it is. I do too. I really feels like I wish we could just be a little bit more basic, but I also understand, um, you know, that different people want different things based off of what they believe is safest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really feel like it was probably like 10 years ago that, mm-hmm. and, and with social media, with people being online more, I also think it was just that, that little grassroots movement was able to grow exponentially just because they had access to Facebook. <laughs> a rare good thing that came out of social right. media. <laughs> oh my gosh. Very rare. Um, sure. And I know that I am definitely someone who has messaged you multiple times saying, Hey, what's, what's the safest car seat? <laughs> so what do you say to people who ask that? Okay. We, this is actually something we are taught. We have oh. an answer that we're taught to give for this. So the safest car seat is the one that fits your child, fits your car, fits your budget, and that you can install and use correctly 100% of the time. I love that. That's great. I, so, I That makes me realize like I really have to work on that last one myself because I've never done the install by myself. I relied on my husband every time because I'm scared. Oh my gosh. It is scary. But with that being said, most car seats, if you read the manual, aren't too difficult as long as you don't get one that there's just some out there that are intentionally tricky and yeah. work me and they're not going <laughs> to yes. be on any recommended list that you that you come across. But it is and a you, little intimidating once you do it a couple of times. I feel like you get the hang of it. And, yeah, you are legitimately a pro. I, w- I am so lost. I find it so confusing. But when you watch someone do it who knows what they're doing or you um, work with a car seat tech, it's just like, oh, 
if I just take a breath and think about this, it's really simple. It's just, you know, it's, it is scary because of what it's used for. Like you said, it's life, a life-saving device. Exactly. And something that, um, a lot of people talk about on mom groups and, um, uh, just in conversations that I see, it's like, Oh, I know that I can, I just found out I can get a convertible car seat from the start. I don't actually need the infant car seat. I can save money. Is that something that you recommend or is that a corner Um, that you shouldn't cut? I want to start by saying that I have always used an infant seat personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the convenience of it because you can snap it in and out of the car. You don't need to buy two um, right off the bat, which I guess eventually you would have to buy two if you have two vehicles. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like the fact that you can snap it in and out of the, the, the base. And then also like for someone who has a stroller that works with it, you can snap it easily Mm -hmm. into a stroller. Um, or if it's cold, you don't have to take a a newborn out into the cold. You can just keep them bundled in their car seat. Is it as Um, safe to use? It is. Yeah. There are are so many convertible seats that are approved starting at four pounds. Oh my God. Like mind blowing at first. I know. Yeah. Um, because I never had a baby that was four pounds. No, me neither. <laughs> my kids are big. Oh um, but there are many convertible seats that are approved starting at four pounds. I personally, I like the infant seat better. I think there's a better fit to child. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's just really just going to depend on the car seat. Um, car seats for the little, excuse me, the pause. Car seats for the littles has so many, so much great information on their website. And when you read the reviews of their convertible car seats, they're going to tell you how they fit a newborn, how they. Wow, fit a I did see that. You're right. Yeah. So honestly, anytime somebody asks me about a car seat or whether or not they want to start with a convertible, I send them right to a car seats for the little review because they go over all of that. Um, they'll, they will find a four pound newborn and try it on that newborn. Oh my God. Um, that's crazy. I know. So it's really something, if you're going to start with a convertible car seat, you have to really find the right seat because some will say they're approved for four pounds, but you really need, when you have a newborn, you need like a perfect, um, yeah. what's the, what's the right word? The perfect angle of the car seat. Yeah. So because newborns can't hold their heads up. That's so, so true. There's always a suffocation risk. So you have to make sure that you're um, really researching if you're going to start with a convertible seat and not just buy whichever one is, you know, most convenient or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, if you're going to be using a car seat for, at this point, so many car seats last up to 10 years, um, you might as well invest <laughs> in the one that's going to actually get you through all of those 10 years. Yeah. So that would be if someone were to come to me and say, I want to start with a convertible, I don't want to have an infant seat. My first piece of advice is going to be make sure you are finding the one that actually fits tiny little newborns because mm-hmm. some of them will say they do and maybe they do some. But um, again, it's really difficult to to fit a car seat that goes from four pounds all the way to 125 pounds. And it, um, it's what you said about expiration dates is, is really true too, because I don't, I don't think that's a common fact. Oh yeah. A lot of people know that they expire. So <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And also that if you get in a, an accident, I don't know what level of accident, but you should get a new car seat. Right. 
Yeah, every brand has um, different standards on this. So like one brand might say if it's just a fender bender, mm -hmm. you can keep it. Another brand might say even in a fender bender, you have to get rid of it. That's insane. Sometimes I know. And sometimes your insurance company will will cover the cost of a new car seat. It's something that you have to ask about. Oh, that's actually really good to know because I can imagine a lot of people are like, I just got in a car accident. This is costing me so much money as it is. The car seat's oh, fine. Yeah. Right. And, and they, it, like, they might look fine. Chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. But there could be something internally that you can't see. Oh, I've my seen God. car seats that have come out of like ridiculous accidents and they look perfect. And But you're like, I would never put my child in that no. car seat. But it looks perfect. But it was just in a horrible accident. Yeah. Oh, my so, gosh. Um, and that's the, that's the reason why we always say buy new car seats. Don't buy used car seats. Oh, yeah. Um, because if you're buying a used car seat, you have no idea of the history, how it was taken care of. That's a really um, good point. How it was washed. I mean, that's really important if people are washing it incorrectly. Really? <laughs> it can ruin the integrity. Yeah. Um, the webbing on car seats, like the straps, cannot be put in water. See, um, these are things I so never knew. People, yeah, <laughs> I so didn't many do people that, just but... throw them in the in the washer because wow. I mean, that's what your brain tell, tells you. Right, to do. I would do it if I didn't know. <laughs> right, I see. Um, this is something I never knew. I never yeah. did it, but I never knew it. Yeah, you can you can use a damp cloth to wipe down straps, wow. but don't ever dip them in water. <laughs> oh my god, amazing information. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's talk about the laws in different states. Some of the common ones that really you know, don't agree with the, the actual safety. Yeah. So I turned to a website called safe ride for kids. That's mm -hmm. safe ride, the number four and then kids. Um, it's run by a husband and wife. They're both CPSTs or child or car seat techs. If we want to say that, um, the husband is a former firefighter and a paramedic. So I just wanted to give some background on where I'm, yeah. where I'm getting my info. Mm -hmm. from. No, good. Um, and Basically, the car seat laws in this country are all over the place. Um, because they're not federally regulated, they're state regulated. Every state has different laws. And um, every state is kind of behind on those laws. Because when new recommendations are made, and when we're talking about new recommendations, we follow the American Association of Pediatrics. Um laws are always going to lag behind recommendations, not just with car seats, mm. but with anything. That's I feel so like laws true. Are, are behind because, I mean, how long does it take to even pass a law? <laughs> right. And on top of that, you have to get people on board. Um, and, you know, people and politicians don't always support laws that are different from what they consider to be acceptable. Um, so it just takes a long time for laws to catch up with what's actually best practice. And again, when I say best practice, I'm talking about the recommendations made from the American Association of Pediatrics. Mm -hmm. So basically, car seat laws are all outdated. Um, on top of that, they can be extremely vague. So for example, um, they might say children under the age of four must be secured in a child safety restraint system appropriate for that child. Oh, um, but <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> good info. And that's the whole law. It will oh just my say God. under age four must be in an appropriate restraint system. That could mean anything to everybody. That <laughs> so, could mean like a straight jacket Velcro yeah, to the back exactly. seat. No. Right. 
Not good. So, and like people hear that and they think, okay, so that means my three-year-old can be in a booster seat because that's yeah. what I think is appropriate. Oh my for God. Them. And if the booster seats height and weight limits fit that three-year-old, then that's considered also considered appropriate by the law. Oh my God. So um, yeah, the I was scrolling through on that Safe Rides for Kids website because they have each state's law, um, not just regard, regarding car seats, but also seat belts. Um, and I mean, there are so many laws and they're all so vague. Like you could really just interpret them however you, however you really want oh my to. God. Um, and currently only 23 states require children to ride rear facing until age two, which actually I'm kind of impressed by that number. Wow. I believe, I believe New Jersey was the first state to pass rear facing. Yes, we did two. one thing right. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember being so excited for that. Pennsylvania lagged far behind. We passed it in, I think it was 2016. Um, it was actually, yeah, it was the year I got certified that we passed it. Did they, um, sorry, just a question on age two. Like where did age two even come from if it's not even really age two anymore? Well, the age two thing, and we, I do have some some data on this, but Age two, we talk about because of bone ossification, mm. um, which is like so scientific. I'm not a scientist at all. <laughs> Disclaimer, I'm not a scientist. Um, basically, like 50%, I hope I'm saying this right, 50% of two-year-olds have a vertebrae in their neck that has ossified, which just means it's like gotten stronger, fused with their spine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so half of two-year-olds have that, that bone ossification. And that's really the, th- the reason that we keep children rear facing is because that hasn't happened before age two. Wow. So, so half of two, them don't have this, that, that keeps them exactly. safer in other words. Okay. Right. So basically the age two thing comes from, okay, well, that's where half of, <laughs> half of the two-year-olds will have have this bone ossification mm-hmm. occurring. Wow. Um, I honestly, I think it's because it's, it's a compromise. I think yeah. a lot of parents want to turn their kids at age one still. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was more about, okay, how can we keep kids safer without being too extreme that we upset how, you know, that bugs me. <laughs> that whole thing bugs me. Oh, trust me. I know. Yeah. So what is it really? So what age is it really? Um, age four is the mm-hmm. recommended um, age to rear face until as close to that's the recommendation from the American Associ- Association of Pediatrics is rear facing until at least age two, but as close to age four as possible. And I think that really so... blows parents' minds. Oh, for Truly. sure. <laughs> they are well, like four four years old when I was certified in 2016 my daughter was three and a half and she was still rear facing and um because I had just been certified I suddenly knew like all these people in the car seat world yeah and one of them happened to um work for our department of transportation in Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. and she knows like all of the local news people (laughs) so Right away, she was calling me to do like all of these news stories about my three and a half year old 
who was still rear facing in her car seat. Wait, that's awesome. So I was on the news like two or three times with my daughter, my oldest daughter, Charlotte, um, because she was three and a half and still rear facing. And I remember reading the comments about like her legs and oh yes how i was torturing her oh and... my god can you go into detail about the legs oh my gosh <laughs> okay first of all there's <laughs> there's no issue with a child's legs being bent while they're facing or or crowded or whatever other complaints there are um it's their legs have a greater chance of being injured in a forward-facing accident if they were forward-facing. Um, and also their neck has a greater risk of being injured in a forward-facing accident. Um, the slogan that like a lot of car seat techs used to say was broken leg cast it, broken neck casket, which is kind Ooh. of kind of uh, dark. Yikes. Um, yes. But I but don't like true. to say that because yeah. it's dark, first of all. And that second is of all, dark. Um, you have your chances of broken legs actually decrease in rear facing accidents. I, so, I can't tell you how many people like have even said that to me. If I've posted a picture before my son was turned four, like, Oh, do, aren't his legs so squished? I've never seen that before. It's like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, my, my legs bend at the knees to yours. <laughs> like, yeah. And it, honestly, when I turned my daughter around, when she was, she was almost four, she's really tall for her age. I was like crying. I had to turn her around just oh. before she turned four. Um, but she was almost four and I turned her around and she was trying to put her legs up on the back of the passenger seat. Yeah. Like she had, she had done her whole life. She had yeah. been able to put her legs up and like relax, like lounge almost. Right. Yeah. Um, I would love she, that. <laughs> I know me too. Like she still complains to this day about how her feet like fall asleep because they dangle. Oh. And I think that's true for a lot of kids. Like they want somewhere to rest their feet and not just have them like hanging. Mm -hmm. So I actually think it's more comfortable. I think probably some people would bite me on that, but yeah, I am a firm believer that it's actually more comfortable. So what do you like sleeping? Like my two-year-old just fell asleep the other day in the car and she was like so cozy and comfy and reclined. You can't do that forward facing. I'm so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah, I give I, anything to be able to sleep in the car. Right. My my son has never complained once about he never even complained about rear facing. He never knew anything different until he saw friends his age forward facing and he's very he has a very good attention to detail this kid and he was like, "Huh, why are they facing forward?" And he was like three and a half at the time. And I was like, no, we have six more months to like get him off of this topic. But he asked all the time. We waited till he was four. Um, but what do you say to other parents when they question or other people when they question why your kid is still rear facing? And what do you say to your child if they're you know old enough to communicate that? Um, this is actually something I haven't like people have rarely brought up to me. Um, I think because I'm so vocal about car seat safety, like everyone Mm -hmm. in my world just knows that like, they're not going to question my, (laughs) my expertise. Right. Yeah, Um, good. But the first thing I always tell people if they were to question me is that I'm certified and that I've just follow the recommendations made by the American Association of Pediatrics. Um, It's, I try to say it in the nicest way possible. I, I really 
feel like parents feel shamed when yes when you say things like that um it's something that i have to tiptoe around um and just make sure i'm i'm not coming off like well yeah follow the recommendations (laughs) Um, and you don't I try to yeah. say it as casually as possible. Um, you know, I'm I'm a certified tech. Um, this is what's recommended. Um, currently, we don't have this issue because my youngest daughter is two, and I think there's well, first of all, the law in PA is is two, um, but I just think there's more awareness about at least the fact that two year olds should be rear facing. Right. Um. So I don't get this too much now. It was it was more when. My oldest daughter was starting to approach four, and I'm sure I'll get it again when, when my youngest daughter gets a little older. But yeah, I've had yeah, it. I mean, I've gotten it a couple times, and I just kind of throw in a little self-deprecation, I guess. I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually never knew either that it's actually supposed to be rear-facing till four. I thought that it yeah. was too too because of you know the New Jersey law and everything, and I try to just. I don't know. It's a really I like uncomfortable that you said that. The self, I feel like I do the self-deprecation thing too, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the problem is like I want people to also take me seriously. Yes. So I yeah. struggle with that a lot because I'll be like, well, I'm just a crazy safety person. But I also yes. want to be like, well, she's just a crazy safety person. Like, right. Like why do we have to make ourselves feel bad at, you know, yeah. as soon as we don't want to make other people feel bad. But right. maybe we should. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not the best person to talk to about finding the balance. <laughs> I I really struggle with that. It really is. And, you know, I think that as kids get older and, and they're going to school and everything, I don't, you never want your kid to be the outcast being made fun of. Mm -hmm. And you have to have that conversation like, well, I think you've given me a tip on this once before, like how to talk to your kids about this. Like, oh, well, you're just extra safe. I forget how you, what your advice was on that. Oh my gosh. What do I tell? I, I have come up with so many different things to tell yeah. my daughter that I've like lost track of it over the years. It was like a really non-shamey one. I forget the, what you said. The one thing I I always tell my daughter, my older one, she's um, eight, is that she is that mommy's a, a car seat tech, and I help other people. And if if they're not sitting in a booster seat, um, then we you know. We hope that they can find the right information so that yeah. they can ride more safely in the car. Um, and I, I, it is such a fine line because I don't want her thinking like her friend's parents are bad parents. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I usually just try to kind of empower her with the information. Like she knows that she has to ride in a booster seat because she doesn't have an adult skeleton. And ra- rather than me just saying like, oh, it's safer for you. I want her to have the actual reason why she should still be in a booster seat. Um, and I think that when I explain that to her, she feels more confident when other kids maybe bring it up to her about why she's still in one. That's really um, good. That's really great advice. Because yeah. And I just feel like if she has the right information, she'll feel more confident so that even if they are poking fun at her a little bit, she, she knows that she's on the right. <laughs> she's in the right. Yeah, no, totally. I can see my son saying to other kids, like, you know, you're not supposed to <laughs> be yeah, uh, forward oh, that's, facing. Yep, that's my daughter too. She does. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell way. him, like, mommy and daddy, our number one job is to keep you safe. So this is yes. what we're doing to keep you safe. You're extra safe. You know, that's what I said up until four. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I don't know how, because every time we got in the car, it came up. Uh, <laughs> but we survived. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I, yeah. But I feel like just like every other, I mean, there's so many other parenting decisions that are similar. Like your kid might beg for ice cream for breakfast, but you're not going to give into that. Totally. So it's just more like at some point, you know, you're the parent. And this is yeah. the decision that you've made for your kid. Yep. I love that. We, so would you ever or have you ever like told someone unsolicited oh. that their car seat isn't right or their child is not like buckled in correctly or anything? Um, this is something I did before I was certified. Um, and I'm not proud of it. <laughs> That's a, No, I think that it's uh, you mean I, well by doing I it. I don't think I've ever done it in person. It's been like if I've seen it on social media mm-hmm. I've brought it up um it doesn't go well when you just jump right in and say you're doing this wrong yeah <laughs> like ever like never ever has it gone well um which I get because if someone messaged me and they're like hey you're doing this parenting thing wrong I'd right like, right what what do you mean oh, it would feel so bad but there's definitely a way to say it oh, which I'm sure yeah. you Well, now the thing I've figured out is that, well, first of all, we're taught in our class not to shame people. That's like the number one thing, you know, you want people to to come back if they have questions. Um, And you, we also have this like saying like safer, um, safer when they leave than when they came. So I like that. And that's to kind of help us with if they're not perfectly safe to our standard, they're at least safer than when they got here. Um, so ever since I've, I've gotten certified, I've taken a much calmer approach to things. Um, now, instead of just giving unsolicited advice, I will message someone and say, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a certified tech. Um, I would love to help answer some car seat questions that you might have. If you, you know, if you want to talk more, let me know. Um, so I don't come off like I'm trying not to come off like you're doing no, that's all these perfect. things wrong and, you know, I know what's right. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to get them to ask me the questions rather than me just tell them what's wrong. Right. Um, and this has gone significantly better than just, you know, dumping my advice in people's DMs. How do they usually um, respond? This is one where people do actually um, – ask questions. So they'll say, Oh yeah. Can, you know, can you tell me if I'm doing anything wrong or, or, um, you know, they'll start asking about different car seats. Um, I did actually message. Um, I don't know if you watch the bachelor or bachelorette. I don't, but maybe but I'll know their name. <laughs> I haven't in, in a couple of years, but I did used to watch and I messaged one of the former bachelor contestants, Ashley S. Doesn't Ashley Salter. Mean- doesn't no. ring a bell, but I'm so not a bachelor person. So this is probably yeah, no, like, that's okay. Yeah. She, oh my gosh, she had one of the worst car seat usages I've ever seen. No. Oh my God. Um, and it was so hard to watch like her Instagram stories because oh my God. her son was like just not even hardly buckled. Oh my um, God. So I messaged her one time and I was like, if you need any car seat tips, I would be happy to give them to you. I never ever expected to hear back from her oh my god she responded and she responded and she was like okay what tell me what tips <laughs> like oh it was so my. like what do you You're want like first pull that strap <laughs> tight please <Yeah. laughs> or like put the straps over the shoulders at all oh my god okay <laughs> so um 
And what's crazy is um, I did see like an improvement in her son's wow. after that. So That's really great. Yeah. It's like good oh, karma I, points. I did this. <laughs> That's awesome. I, but then at the same time, I'm probably not the only person who messaged her. I, I would so. hope. It's like it's really hard to sit back and someone you love especially or just somebody that you don't even know and see them mm-hmm. put their kid in like a really I don't know sometimes it's like oh I would rather feel awkward than see something bad happen to somebody but yes. people like parenting there's so much shame wrapped into like we said there's so much shame wrapped into these things so there's oh, definitely yeah. a fine line um so are there any ever any exceptions to all of the rules like rear facing like I hear a lot of parents saying oh my kids get so car seat my kids get so car sick, <laughs> rear facing. Um, I have to turn them forward. Okay. So I have heard this one too a lot of times. Um, but in my experience, the exception, the exceptions usually involve keeping children rear facing or harnessed longer rather oh. than moving them to the next step sooner. So for example, a special needs child might need to be harnessed, you know, until they're eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not an expert on motion sickness. So again, I'm going to um, talk about a few other experts in the car seat world. Yeah. Um, there's, the, they have a website. It's called the car seat lady, although there's three of them. So it's ladies, but their website's called the car seat lady. Um, one of them's an RN and the other one's an MD. Um, and they have been car seat techs. These are the, the women I talked about being a part of like the grassroots movement. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so they've been advocating for car seat safety for decades and basically on their website, they have an entire article about motion sickness. It's really great for anyone listening. I, if you're struggling with motion sickness, I just recommend going there. Cause again, I'm not a doctor. Um, but they have basically found that turning a child forward facing typically does not do much to change the motion sickness, Wow! Um, but it does. And the, the one thing they emphasize is that it always decreases their safety. Mm. Um, so just on the off chance that it helps with their, their motion sickness there, it's just more than anything, it's just going to decrease their safety. Um, that is interesting. Cause I see that as like the number one reason. Yes. I've seen it so many times. And another point they made that was that if board facing was a cure for motion sickness, then there would be no adults who got motion sickness in the car. Yeah. I get car sick. All the time. Exactly. <laughs> and that's so true. Wow. Exactly. Okay. That's so, a great. Yeah, that's a great They give tip. a lot of tips on, um, you know, what to do to maybe relieve motion sickness. And again, they're in the health field, healthcare field, so mm-hmm. I really trust what they're saying. Cool. Okay, um, I'm going to check them out. And they're also certified techs. Um, I think they used to be part of Car Seats for the Littles, um, so they're all kind of affiliated in some way. But yeah, they're they're really great. I've followed them for years, and they have great advice if, if you're someone struggling with a child with, with motion sickness. I recommend again, it's the carseatlady.com. I'm checking them out for me, but yeah. <laughs> I get car sick all the time. Ever since I was pregnant with my first baby, I just could not. I, I now I'm someone who gets car sick. It's so annoying. So I'm going to look into that. But oh, for uh-huh. sure. and basically, the, the point they make is like car sickness is, and motion sickness is all about like your vision more than anything. Yes. Um. So basically, positioning yourself in the car where you're going to have the least. Um, mm. obstructed view like of a smooth 
of smooth view. I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> right. No, no, no. That makes sense. Cause I usually get it when I'm like on my phone, if, if my husband's yes. driving and I'm on my yep. phone, I'm like, oh, yeah. that's cute. like I can't read in the car because of no, like, exactly. Shaking. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is probably my favorite question that I'm going to ask you because I definitely remember you posting about this. I don't know. My, my first son was really little or, um, if he was even born yet, but you shared really great resources about puffy coats and oh, car yeah. seats. We need to talk okay. about this. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this one has reached more people in the Finally. last few years. Yeah. I really feel like this is one of the ones that like stick. Like I feel the same way about rear facing till two. I can't say extended rear facing beyond mm-hmm. two, but I do feel like people are rear facing their kids until two more and more. Um, I feel the same way about puffy coats. Like I think this is one that's reaching people more, but I do still see some people putting their kids in puffy coats. In the yeah. Um, so what I'm going to say about it is that basically puffy coats or any kind of bulky coats are super, super dangerous to wear under any restraint system. So this includes the seatbelts um, for both children and adults. So that part blows my mind. That I, I just talked to you about this this year. I'm in I my know. 30s. <laughs> I know. How did we survive? I don't know. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've honestly never been a fan of puffy coats. So I feel like maybe I lucked out. Yeah. But basically, here's like the science behind it. Again, I'm not a scientist. This is just me repeating someone else's scientific information. <laughs> um, but when you're in a crash, the force will cause any puffiness or bulkiness to compress to nothing. So basically the restraint will only be as snug as it would be without the jacket on or the coat. So this often causes children to be ejected from their car seats because parents think their, their harness is snug over a thick puffy coat, but then the coat compresses and the harness is only as tight as it would be without the coat. Um, so the advice here is during the cold months to wear thin layers, um, like fleece, thin fleece, hats and gloves, and then, you know, keep blankets in your car. Um, honestly, like most kids, I think, get super hot in their car seat after like five minutes in the car mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> once the car heats up, you're like, okay, I don't need this jacket anymore. Um, so... Not only is it a safety thing, but it, it it is a comfort thing too. So just keep blankets in your car, hats and gloves, thin layers. There are specialty coats on the market, which I think you mm-hmm. I love them. You have one, yeah, yeah, I do. Which one do you have? Uh, the I think it, is it called the car seat coat. One kid. Yes, yeah, that's the one. That's the one we've thought. I think you about. told me about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that one I really love. There are a few others I've seen that I think that one's probably the most popular. I saw um, what I was kind of guiding my sister about this, like the car seat coats when her son was born. And I think that it's now like a category, even at like Target, they have car seat oh, coats. And yeah, I, I think it's becoming a category. Yeah. Like oh, basically how it works is I just, just for people who don't know, there's like a flat part against the chest, right? Yeah. So basically like you can unzip or unvelcro depending on which kind of coat you have. Mm-hmm like the bulky part and then the harness can go over um a a flatter part rather than puffy yeah so that when you're securing 
securing them in the seat. It's not going on over any puffy layers. And then you can actually zip up the puffy layer over the harness if you mm-hmm. want to. So um, smart. If, if it's super cold or whatever. Um, yeah, it's super smart. I, I will say those coats are pretty expensive. They are, yeah. Um, so if you're someone who's trying to stick to a budget, again, just stick with thin layers and definitely hats and gloves. They make a huge difference, even though yeah. it's like you don't think that they will, but they do. Um, and then lots of blankets. If you can afford a specialty coat, um, like the One Kid Road Coat, I would definitely look into that. But again, they can be super expensive. I got, I always got them on sale, like at yes, the end of the too. season. That was yep. like, I could not swing whatever they were. They're pretty expensive. But when I, I got lucky, I think the first year that they had like an end of season sale. You can and be I like snagged added, a couple. I think you can be added to an email list when they, mm-hmm. they will email you about a sale. So that you can, I think that's what I do. You can plan it out. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, like they'll email you and say like, you know, the only people with this link can access Yeah, I think they do that. I think that's probably how I've ever gotten them. Yeah. But, you know, you really don't even need them when you have the infant car seat because, you know, it comes in and out. You can put a blanket. I think they're really helpful if you want to weigh and prioritize maybe like a certain size. When your child is in the convertible car seat, they are kind of necessary makes it easier i I, it scares me a little bit to think about any kind of coat going in an infant car seat just yeah like suffocation hazards that's true and like i feel like no matter what everything's bulky in a in an infant car seat that is true Um, so yeah and the fact that you can just buckle them in the house and you can put a blanket over them buckled Mm -hmm. it's not even i don't think it's a necessary thing yeah that's a good point so Kind of wrapping up, um, what is one thing you want parents to take away from this entire episode and topic? Hmm. One thing I want parents to take away. One thing I would want parents to take away is that if they could meet or talk to a certified tech in their area before making any decisions regarding their child's car seat, that would probably be the best thing they could do. Um, because you can read all of the advice that you want online or listen to it in a podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but everyone's situation is different and it's so important to meet with an expert. Um, so just, you know, making sure that you are meeting with someone in person or over Zoom or whatever on the phone. Um, because, you know, I don't know anyone's specific situation who might be listening. Um, and, you know, every car seat works differently with every car. Um, so I just, I hope that parents take away that, you know, we exist, car seat yeah. techs exist. We're all over the country and like, we want to help you. I do it as a volunteer. I don't get paid at all. Um, and it's, it's, to me, it's about kids driving away from me safer than when they got to me. So if they take away one thing from this, it's please just meet with the tech because mm-hmm. they'll go over everything you and I talked about today and, and more. One of the women that we saw, that's, that's amazing advice. And one, one of the women that we saw a few months ago, she did it over FaceTime. You know, I feel like technology can really help you out too. And she, she was a really legit one. She helped us out. We did it in front of her. I, I was so impressed with how smoothly, smoothly that went. So, um, yeah. So where can someone find a tech? Okay. So I know car seats for the littles has a, um, a list 
and I think they keep it updated still. If you go to their website, um, texts from all over the country can be added to that list. They just have to reach out to Car Seats for Littles. Um, and we all have like unique tech IDs, so there, there's no chance for like any kind of fraud there. <laughs> um, but if they wanted to find a tech another way, they could visit the Safe Kids um, worldwide website and go to um, the child passenger safety information. And then from there, they can um, find a tech in their area just by putting in like their zip code um, or their address. Perfect. And if somebody wants to become a tech? Same website. The links are literally right next to each other. One says find a tech and one says become a tech. Cool. Um, So Safe Kids Worldwide is who um, certifies techs. That's That's awesome. Yeah. And before we end the episode, because this was so good, I could talk to you for literally hours about this <laughs> topic and so many other things, but this, this alone. Oh, yeah. um, uh, so what's your best piece of solicited parenting advice? Because unsolicited, as we said, <laughs> not so good, but now's your chance <laughs> to kind of tell us your favorite piece of parenting advice. Um, for me, and this is something I've always struggled with, so I'm giving advice, but I also constantly need to take my own advice, is not to let pride prevent me from from living my best life with my kids. So when it comes to car seats, losing your child in a car accident is not living your best life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just feel like so many times parents are like, let their pride get in the way of making decisions, the right decisions for their children um, or changing their mind about something. Um, so I think my best piece of solicited parenting advice is, is don't let your pride get in the way of your, your child's safety. I um, love that so much. Oh, thanks. That is so great. I have to tell you, especially recently with like the pandemic and so many different things, so many d- different decisions we have to, to make. Mm-hmm. I'm always, I always realize that when I don't follow my gut and if I let pride get in the way, I am reeling the whole week, <laughs> you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. So that is really good advice. I I really needed to hear that too. So thank you. Sure. Well, thank you so much for being here. And is there anything else you wanted to add? Oh my gosh. I could go on forever. (laughs) I mean, really, truly. Um, I could go on forever, but no, I think I'm, I'm going to just end it there. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So if I hope you guys like the episode. And if you want to find more, I'm going to post more on our brand new Instagram page. It's at not like a regular mom podcast on Instagram. I don't know if we'll expand to Twitter or whatever else, but maybe TikTok now that I'm on TikTok personally. (laughs) Doubtful. Um, But thank you so much, Tammy. Of course, anytime. And I've told you this before, but I'll come back for literally anything you want to talk about oh you have to no this is more than car seats (laughs) yes oh that's awesome okay great thank you so much